Hello and welcome to the T-Hut Podcast. I'm Leland, here with Moby and Marty. How you guys doing? Oh, we're good. Pretty good, pretty good. All right, so episode zero. Don't know what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> zero idea what we're going to do with this episode. Well, I mean, I have about half an idea. That's usually about as far as I can. <laughs> well, it's just one giant uh, test, and uh, if any listeners stick with us past episode zero. Listener, I'm going to set my hopes on listener, so I will <laughs> always address our audience as listener because more than one come on that's a little ambitious (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess so for where we are right now well i thought maybe we should kind of explain what the fuck t-hud is well t-hud is uh our abbreviation for the neighborhood and uh that's where we grow up because most people grow up in a neighborhood um but that's where we grew up in together in the same neighborhood and for some reason it's abbreviated to t-hud because we're (laughs) cool like that I uh, have a popular saying within D-Hud, we've been friends for 15 years, but brothers for 10. <laughs> well, that works for me. That's pretty accurate. I say that all the time. And if anyone wants to know how it uh, happened, it was actually street hockey. So outside of Canada, you probably have no clue why people would meet uh, playing hockey on the street, but... Nevertheless, uh, Leland and Marty were friends for a number of years, and uh, myself and my brother, who will never be welcome on the podcast, uh, <laughs> came, came by, and uh, we were teenagers and shy, and my mom saw us like cats uh, with her faces pressed up against the bay window upstairs watching Leland and Marty play uh hockey and finally my mom said get your butts out there and go play uh leland wanted to kill me for a solid two months but marty was friendly and uh they kept i hate i really did not like you <laughs> i really did not like you i knowing how you are now with people you don't like i realized that because you realized the danger you were in i was you know he's armed with a, a hockey stick you know wooden battle axe basically with some thin thin tubescent rage well i, I I would say post post pubescent in Leland's case. It was pretty close to pre. I mean, it's been a long time. Yeah. I mean, we're all in our. You were an early bloomer, early to or late twenties, early thirties here. So we've been friends for a long time. Um, but to be honest, we became uh, closest friends when we realized that uh, Moby was old enough to boot for us. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> That's super true. Um, I was a late bloomer, however, and uh, that meant bringing a wheelbarrow load of ID to any liquor store to buy for these guys. So I think that's friendship because the amount of time I had to have rough construction workers staring at me like I was this, uh, you know, elementary school child trying to buy beer. Uh, Quite awkward. Quite awkward. I think um, we're not here to talk about booting for alcohol. I mean, we're minors. We do not support, we do not support <laughs> uh, drunk that. minors. No. no, 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 not at all. Not officially. Now that we're of age, we do not support underage drinking. Um, but we do support um, pop culture, and that's what we're passionate about. I like it. Yeah, I mean, so obviously, as with most podcasts, this is going to be, you know, a work in progress. Um, but we have thought of three reoccurring segments that we're going to do. Um, we don't have names for them at this point. Not good ones, anyway. <laughs> but, uh, you know what? What was interesting for me when we when this whole thing kind of 
put together and the five minutes of planning that we did was, you know, we're all interested in all three of these main topics, but I think we all, it's safe to say, kind of lean towards one of the three. I think so. I think um, myself, I definitely lean towards the video game topic. Um, I know that was the easiest one to come up with ideas for. Right away, my mind was spinning and whirring and ready to go. Um, I know Leland, obviously, is uh, passionate about the uh, board games. Yep. And it was easy for him to come up with topics for that. And yep. Moby, definitely the movies. That's right. You know, I've got 600-plus uh, DVDs and Blu-rays. And basically, I'm an old man in training. You know, you come back to me 40 years from now, if I'm still alive... <laughs> I will <laughs> I will be in a burgundy uh, robe smoking a bubbly pipe in an oaken library, dusting off old tomes, but they're movies, not books. You do realize we have Netflix, right? You don't you don't need DVDs. You know what? Blasphemy, blasphemy. Um, no, in all seriousness, I do have Netflix, but I hate the fact that it can lose its licenses and these movies or TV shows you like drop lose, off the map. And I like instant gratification and I hate not having the movies at my fingertips. I think we all like to own our content. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, the physical copy of it. Um, I think that's something that's we could probably talk about later on in the podcast on another day uh, about that loss that comes with uh, the culture of having digital media. It's a good idea. good idea. Write that down, Leland. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> well, I mean, Leland, why don't you, uh, you know, we've kind of just touched on what our individual passions are, but, um, you know, why don't you give a little little talk about uh, board games and um, how you got into them? I like board games. <laughs> I've only really been in the hobby for, I think, just two years now. You have that many in two years. I, yeah, I really, really got into it. It's ridiculous. Um, I, I have, yeah, I, I just love the hobby. I love being in the hobby. I love interacting with people in the hobby. Everyone's cool. Uh, very rarely do you find um, people who are there just to make a negative experience for other people. It's, I've, I think it's awesome. It definitely seems like a really positive uh, atmosphere when you, when you see, uh, I see you interacting with um, people involved with the board game culture. Um, it's positive. It in, seems to include it wants to include everybody. And yeah, I think, that, I think so. That seems Definitely. to be something I've noticed. You know, when we do have game nights, it's situated around involving everyone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that uh, that also kind of falls onto the host as well. Most sometimes, you know, I mean, there are so many games. You can find a game for anybody. There's just so many different types of games that can draw so many different types of player counts and so many different types of interests as far as themes and... Um, I don't know, it just even just like social interaction, it's just, no, it's a great hobby. All right, and Moby, your big thing is uh, film. Yeah, it's interesting. I was into movies way back in, in high school. Um, you know, I think where it really started is my dad had a friend named uh, Dave, and each Christmas he would buy us the coolest movie that came out that year. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. And the first one I remember was... Uh, Actually, the first one was Ace Ventura, which my overly conservative mom <laughs> gave away and lied about it. Finkel is Einhorn. <laughs> Finkel Einhorn is Finkel. Yeah, she wasn't a fan of the old uh, nip and tuck there. So, um, but it was all uh, all uphill from there, which was a good thing. Uh, the next year was Jurassic Park. Um, That's funny. I was just thinking Jurassic Park must have been one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was Christmas. I think it was Christmas of 94 we got Jurassic Park. And then um, 
trying to remember what 95 was. I know Independence Day was 1996s. But anyways, it, it was just so cool to get these movies. And we had so few at the time. We actually lived on a hobby farm. We had no neighbors or friends. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you, had, you had a brother and a sister. so Yeah. You don't need friends. I now know why you have short-term memory. Because you somehow <laughs> remember all of these things. Your, your brain sucked to remember <laughs> you don't have any. You don't have any room for retention. That's meta. That's too meta. You don't have any room for retention. Oh, my goodness. But, uh, yeah. I'm all about meta. <laughs> so, you know, when it, when it came to high school and I started having a little more disposable income, uh, movies are what I bought. You know, it was pretty boring out there. And uh, I just really never stopped collecting movies. And with the advent of eBay where you could get most movies for quite inexpensive from somewhere. Um, I just kept collecting, you know, going on and on. So, you know, I'm a big movie guy. And I think another thing that's important or relevant for the podcast, for people to know, my day job and my passion is marketing. So I look through everything through the lens of marketing. It's kind of unavoidable. And uh, the other guys have been gracious enough to say, you know what, if you bring up marketing stuff, first of all, we'll bring it up sometimes proactively, but, uh, you know, it's okay if you bring that into the podcast. Because I, I think geek culture, you know, there's so much money in it these days. And I think the marketing of that, of those films and video games and uh, board games is is a big part of it. You know? It's changed dramatically. I mean, just think of something like Comic-Con. And yeah, where that's come in the last ten to fifteen years, yeah, it's huge. It's incredible. Huge. Um, yeah, um, I think that's a, a good topic. I think we're all on board with the marketing thing. Our hopefully our listener enjoys it as well. <laughs> well, why don't you talk a little bit about uh, video games? There. Sorry, that was a throwback. Um, yeah, I'm into video games. That's my big thing. Um, I've been playing them since I was old enough to hold a controller. Um, so have so has everyone at this table probably, but. Uh, I'm still very passionate about the video game culture, um, where we're going, the current state of video games, and also retro gaming. And that's something I think we're going to be talking about um, in any video game segments we have, what we were passionate about in the past and what we're looking to in the future. Yeah, it's yeah. funny because um, I used to be I used to, <laughs> I used to be right on board with that too. I was like right there with you. But it's uh, interesting how like my, my moving into – the board game hobby that's like where my focus is now and and all that video game focus has totally dropped right off yeah i've noticed um, i've noticed you've definitely yeah. um been really focused on that it's it's a completely different thing it's still gaming and it really it's still, is it really is um you know a social thing but it's funny when i think about you playing games you weren't really into playing social games it's very much no i know i was never like an online player or anything no. so that was always more of the, the solo experience yeah. uh, ever since um uh you know the last two like generations of console where it, where getting in a room with three other guys and throwing up a first person shooter, you just don't do that anymore. No, yeah. or we didn't. Do, we stopped doing. I mean, we see that all the time. We stopped with uh, probably Time Splitters. Time Splitters two. Yeah. yeah. Oh so man. Many years ago. Now. So, I mean, at that game. point, we were trying to figure out how we could put up cardboard and not see each other's screen. Yeah. Right. That's why I was trying to stop screen looking. <laughs> and nowadays, we're just wondering how we can get back on the same screen. Yeah. Which is totally. Kind of funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's definitely what I'm into, and I'm excited to talk about it. Um, I'm really excited for our first um, 
dive into it. It'll probably be the next episode, so stay tuned. But I think uh, for today, our main topic is going to be kind of fitting into uh, Moby's realm with film. Yeah, that's going to be the big part. So I guess that's kind of um, a little on our uh, the formatting of our show, which is kind of what we wanted to talk about a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's really going to get fleshed out, you know, in the second episode. Um, certainly, you know, we're, we've got three on the go here, and uh, this, the... Real episode one and episode two kind of follow along the the format that we want um, a bit more than this one, but you've got to start somewhere and we felt like, you know, we just introduced you to who we were and what we were passionate about, um, but we're still going to dive into it a little bit today. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we did discuss as well why we wanted to do a podcast and that's something that we wanted to expand on so why do we want to do a podcast what do we have to say that is worthy of talking to a podcast and putting it on the internet well uh, nothing <laughs> i have i have nothing that is worth listening to so i hope you guys can fill in on that part for the listener <laughs> that poor devoted listener but isn't that like any podcast ah yeah totally every podcast ever only has one listener you know what at the end of the day if the listener you know finds us to be good ambient noise to put on the background as they Wikipedia lumber or something. <laughs> you know, hey, hey, we'll take that. You know, ambient white noise in the background. We'll, we'll I'm hoping that. we help him sleep. There we go. <laughs> I would love to be, to put someone to sleep. That is my main podcast goal. Yeah, that's I want a- to feed your dreams. <laughs> Self-depreciation is uh, a sign of confidence. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Somebody, I, that, anyway. sounds, that sounds good. I must sounds be good. the most confident man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, you know, we just kind of felt um, probably because of whatever ego we have left talking that we were fairly interesting to listen to honestly i like the sound of my own voice and i love to rant about things that make me mad or that make me hard it's there and there's nothing in between (laughs) and and going off that if you happen to hear you know sounds like 1960s batman you know splat punch wow that's uh, probably actually happening. That is not not effects. <laughs> not, not, a, not a sound effect. You know. No, I don't know how to do that. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was thinking about that the other day in the theater when we were having our rather loud discussion about Dunkirk. Yeah, some people were looking over at us. I was wondering who was sitting and listening and if they were thinking, wow, that's some interesting point, or if those guys are very loud and yeah, very obnoxious. obnoxious. Well, we were dropping a bunch of F-bombs. No, we weren't that bad. All right. Uh, yeah, so we were thinking why this format. Uh, it's probably easier right now than video. Um, I'm a very attractive male, but perhaps not everyone wants to look at me for however long these podcasts take while I talk. That can come later with requests <laughs> if our listener wants it and my wife allows it. Well, and I've got a phenomenal face for radio, so mm. I figured that... Should I pretend I'm single? Just to like attract that, like yeah, you gotta cater. Thing. Well, okay, no, no, because no, my you, ex-wife. <laughs> it's you, no, no. You can cater to the married demographic. Moby and I will cater to this, the oh, eligible smart. bachelor yeah. demographic. Well, okay. Moby to the slightly older. It was a stretch <laughs> for us to think we were gonna get a single listener to get a single female. Oh yeah, listener. you're right. I mean, that's if this we is could, if we could find the one listener that fits into like sixteen different demographics. That's going to be great. Hey, it's 2017. It's 2017. You can be whatever you want. You can identify as every kind of listener type, and we 
will accept you. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk is just last, I think last thing about the formatting is um, like the segments are going to be pretty distinctly broken up. And I think that's a good thing for our listener just because we're not, we're not very focused, obviously. Like, I mean, we're going to be talking on a variety of things, but I think a lot of podcasts like they like to find their niche. Whereas I think we're just going to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't like board games, then you can then skip you that segment. Listen to it. Then listen, I will convince you, and you come over and play with me. But then you can skip that segment if you're not into the movie or a particular topic of film that we're discussing. Skip well, then it. you can GTFO. In my opinion. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. come oh, on! Yeah. Don't just I drive our one listener away. Just be All nice. Video games are. Beautiful. I'm sorry. I love you, <laughs> listener. <laughs> Even if you don't like movies, what we're trying to say is. You don't have to like everything. Yeah, and that's okay. That's right. We don't expect you to. But we're also you to. saying you do. <laughs> yeah. You it's, can, you I can, can see how it, your own mind I can see how it could be confusing that. for you. <laughs> yeah, there's we'll, we'll say a lot of stuff that's diametrically opposed, but just laugh and, and awkwardly smile from behind your computer and skip ahead if necessary <laughs> till you find something that you do like. Uh, so do you guys want to move into... The film segment? Yeah, you know what? Um, what did uh, what did, what was our crappy tentative name for it? I think it was movie music. Ah, yeah. See, and I see, came I up with that. I think we should riff on that a little bit. Why? So. What's wrong with it? I think it's great. It's got the alliteration. Who doesn't like an alliteration? I don't think it's bad. Okay. I just think we have to kind of discuss it. So, movie musings, um, film parts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. You want to throw some more names out. You don't want to shit on movie music name. You just want to give some other suggestions. What rhymes or alliterates with cinema? Um, uh, cinema anima? chat. Anima? Cinema. <laughs> cinema. Stay tuned for your cinema anima. Yeah. <laughs> I think this, I think that's this is weird. what's going down the garden path here. I don't <laughs> want to know where this ends up. You know, perhaps, well, perhaps movie musings is a good one. I, I yeah, there you go. Now, by movie. comparison, that sounds pretty Look, fucking good. Here's the point. Here's the point. So we're not just going to be reviewing <laughs> movies. We're not just going to be talking about certain films. It's really a catch-all for the entire topic. You know, sometimes we're just going to talk about, like today, where a certain franchise is going, kind of on a big picture level. So... We can't have something like, you know, new movie reviews because that's absolutely not what the segment's for. So the Smurfs franchise. <laughs> Where is it going? Where has it come from? How many more films can Neil Patrick just, just kidding. Do? Just kidding. Don't don't <laughs> don't click that X in the top right corner. Don't do it. We're just <laughs> iTunes has just deleted us. Wow. <laughs> iTunes just deleted themselves because if of that. If iTunes spent five minutes with us not on the podcast, we would be deleted. So, But, um, you know, before we go into our first topic... We haven't actually tell them what we're actually talking about. No, exactly. Oh, okay, you're saving it. Well, I mean, I, I was, I was going to bring up, but I guess we can save it for later. I was going to bring up our tentative names for the other two segments. Oh, well, when we get to uh, them, we'll... Fair enough. Well, yeah. You know, we should. Why not? Okay. Build suspense. <laughs> oh, like wait for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, oh, yeah. And, and, and suspense Good idea. for the topic at hand. Well, we got to dive in here. I think we're going to lose the one listener because they're going to be like... Don't worry, none of this is making yeah. it in past post. <laughs> um, our first topic is the Terminator franchise. And again, that's on that, the big picture sort of view. And, you know, there's... I think the franchise is quite controversial right now. I think that really the only two films that people agree with were classics were Terminator 1 and 2. 
you know, obviously T2 came out in 1991, so that's a long time since we've had buy-in from Terminator fans that, you know, a specific new chapter has been, you know, good. In some people's minds, you know, Terminator 3, Salvation, and Genesis all completely sucked. So, interested in knowing your thoughts. I, I mean, Leland, what, what have you thought about the Terminator franchise since T2? Uh, well, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Rise of the Machines was shit. I don't, I, why would we even talk about it? I mean, it's like, it's, it's really bad. Um, and I guess it served its purpose though in taking you from pre-Cybernet to the war, basically, right? I mean, at the end of Rise of the Machines, Cybernet launched the nukes and they were in Sarah, or not, what's his face? And uh, the other chick were in the bunker. <laughs> I see you've done your research. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're in the bunker, and then boom. Okay, John, boom. John, uh, Judgment Day, push back because um, because uh, of Dyson's amazing efforts, uh, Mister Dyson and T two. Rest in peace. Yeah, R.I.P. <laughs> Fantastic vacuum cleaner. Fantastic. <laughs> And then um, I liked Salvation. I thought it was cool. Wait, um, the vacuum cleaner is named after him? <laughs> well, one thing you have oh to my know, God, Marty, it in. Marty <laughs> is a little bit uh, uh, gullible, so you'll okay. have to forgive Please me. rein it in a little bit. I'm in the middle of monologuing here. Okay. Continue. Terminator Salvation. I liked Salvation. It was cool. Um, the ending that they should have went with was awesome. Yes. Right? With... Um, the you know the robot wearing Connor's skin, like that, that's that, cool. That cool. That's yeah. cool. But then that wasn't the cinematic release or whatever, right? Like, I don't know. But I thought Salvation was was interesting. Uh, and then um, I enjoyed Genesis, um, but it was like again, I enjoyed the idea of it because oh, I like that. I like this now new timeline. Like I I, I like time travel stuff. I think it's cool. And if it's not convoluted and you know plot holy as fuck then i'm on totally on board with it even if you got to stretch the imagination a little i'm so i don't know marty what are your thoughts oh i've got some thoughts oh boy here it comes t2 is one of my favorite films it's amazing um you could cry at the end watching arnold's performance (laughs) Uh, perfect thumbs up in lava (laughs) i mean come on i mean um T3 is fun. It's a fun film. It's what? It's got some in- interesting action. You know that whole scene with the like crane? what the crane. That whole oh, okay. When, when they're chasing, right? when they're doing the chase. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Apparently, okay. You're right. You're right. That's cool. Uh, Arnold paid for a whole bunch of that scene. Oh yeah, I yeah, recall that. I recall that. One of the cranes, which I think is really cool. That, that, okay, that's cool. Um, yeah, yeah. That was a good scene. Elsewise, the film is not good. Uh, <laughs> the acting and just the cat, just everything. It's just not great. But it's a fun sort of like summary flick, especially when I saw it the first time. I was like 11 or something. Um, T4, uh, Salvation. Again, fun. Uh, very bleak, but fun. And the ending was terrible. But again, it, I think the issue seems that with those two films is they're almost completely separate films. It's like T1 leads into T2. T3 does not really feel like it was meant to be. It just kind of happens. And T4, the same thing. It's They're completely different. They could be in a completely different universe. They're so far away. Yeah. And uh, Genesis, by far, is my least favorite. 
Really? Oh, I cannot stand Genesis. Yeah, I remember um, you not being impressed when we left. I was very bored. Um, I just did not like any of the actors portraying any of the huh. characters. Maybe I'm just tired of those characters. Maybe. Um, I think the over-reliance on nostalgia was just harming it as well. It looked too far to the past and not enough to the future. Yeah, but then they, then they didn't even like recreate it. They just woke the hell out of it. Yeah. Right? And then it wasn't... It was off. It was like tainted from what you... That from where you would draw that nostalgia, totally, it was yeah. It just didn't seem right, even when they hit tried to hit the nostalgia. I didn't yeah. like it. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and I mean, as for action and stuff, it was an enjoyable action flick. Uh, but maybe, maybe it's time to move on from uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger if you are going to stick with the franchise. And apparently, James Cameron is. He's going to re- reboot or rebrand the franchise in 2019. What do you think about that, Moby? Um, well, I mean, I come from a different perspective with the recent films. Terminator 3 was my least favorite. Um, it was still enjoyable. I didn't buy Kristana Loken as a Terminator. She was hot, but, you know, she didn't, she didn't come across dangerous in a way that, you know, Robert Patrick is the T-1000 did, you know, where he's on the phone mimicking, you know, John's uh, foster mom's voice. And meanwhile, he's got fucking sword arm impaled through through a milk thing that is you know a milk jug that's leaking and through a stepfather's mouth that scene gave me nightmares to this child well and you know there's just robert patrick was very cold and dangerous and christana loken you know she'd inflate her boobs for a cop and you know it just it came off as as not really intimidating to me um terminator salvation i i liked i really wish they went for that ending like you guys were talking about uh, as well i thought that would would have been a very bold ending but i thought uh christian bale was a good john connor and i like that he wasn't already the leader if you remember michael ironside is in a submarine and he's the leader for for most of it and i thought that was pretty cool where i'm really going to diverge from you guys is genesis i quite enjoyed genesis um, I do have a few major problems with it, but I thought it was fun. I thought the idea that I believe, don't quote me, but I believe it was Matt Smith, the actor, played and embodied Skynet. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I liked good. him. I didn't mind. Yeah, he was barely in it, though. He was barely in it. He got like less than 10 minutes of screen yes, time. he was barely Who in it. Who gives a shit, then? They could have cast anybody. He didn't, okay. he didn't He didn't. add anything to that, per, to Genesis that performance. Genesis was supposed to start a trilogy. Uh, yes, of course it was. Not, sure, right? great. But it doesn't matter. Now you have to look at it in a vacuum. Now you're looking at it as it now it has to stand on its own. You can't You can't have a okay. shitty first and second installment and then your third be we great and know. say, oh, that trilogy we is awesome. No, John each of those films need to stand on their own. And Genesis we, we doesn't. We don't know where Cameron's going to take this. Yeah, well, may, Cameron wants to do a fucking trilogy too. Okay, but he may go from Genesis in some respects. He may draw Yeah, okay. So you're saying he might recast Matt Smith. Well, okay. no, I'm thinking he might do a sequel. Okay, and then... Then what's your fucking point about Matt Smith being in this? He didn't. I just thought he, he was good. And he, I thought why he, he didn't do him. anything. He was intimidating. He didn't fucking do anything. He was intimidating. And he wasn't. He was a. He was either. He, okay. Anyway, All right. Okay. Fine. That's your opinion. That's your opinion. That, that's but my I, opinion. I, I don't see. I don't see why. No, no. I'm not. I'm not. And I. I love Matt Smith. I'm a Who fan. He was a great doctor. That's all I really have seen him in. So that's all I can compare his performance to. But. I don't see why I don't see what he offered that any other actor. Okay, 
okay. up as well. We'll move on from that. That was, <laughs> okay. that was good sparring. That's like when we play tennis. We have excellent volleys. <laughs> yeah, we're awesome at tennis. <laughs> as he rolls his eyes. Um, okay, Amelia Clark as Sarah Connor. Bland. Bland? I, I liked her. I liked uh, her. Not, definitely not strong enough. Um, and I love her on Game of Thrones. Um, but Why do you like her on Game of Thrones? I think she fits the role. She brings that um, level of command and intimidation, but still humanizes it. But as Sarah Connor, I didn't believe it. But maybe that's because of the character, the actresses yeah. who have played Sarah Connor in the past. Hmm. Um, what was the uh, TV show? The Sarah Connor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's a high point for the series. That's I, I forgot about that. That was an amazing, uh, the, the, what, one season? It was uh, a shame it got canceled. Uh, two, I believe. Two, yeah, you're right. Two, two yeah. that's That could have been going... Crazy good places. You know, I mean, and in season two, they just transported to the future. You know, that itself could have led to um, so much potential for the franchise, but I think it was it's remained completely separate from the films, and mm. probably in a good way. I think it, the films are already confused enough. They've tried to make franchises out of everyone since number three. Yeah. And, um, well, you want to sorry to cut you off, but you want to talk about a great female Terminator. Summer Glau was awesome yes. as a Terminator. Yes, she was good. Yeah, yeah. So like that's like I thought she was she was she commanded presence when she was on screen. I thought. Yeah, I would agree with that. She definitely. I mean, I guess it's, it's possible. I guess it is a, a different. Sure, I guess it's a different medium too, and maybe that presence is harder to portray on that like a big screen or something. For sure, I, I don't know. Hmm. My last point on Genesis before we you know we move on to. Cameron and what he might bring. Um, I do think they went in the wrong direction with Arnold for Genesis, for sure. Yeah. I think I like the whole idea in T2 that he became a surrogate figure for John, but the whole point, the whole sense that you had of Terminator and T2 was that he was this, he was still this very lethal and dangerous character, this killer robot who's just being barely held at the edge from not killing anyone. Due to John, you know, John asking him, saying, you know, you can't kill Don't him, kill, yeah. giving him a direct order. But there was that danger with Arnie. And yeah. I didn't sense that danger with him in Genesis. He was a clown, for the lack of a better term. You mm. know, he was practicing his smile and he put on this big grin and uh, they called him Pops. And I think that just took it way too far. That's kind of the vibe I've gotten from most Arnold performances since he's stepped back into the oh yeah it's a good film. point yeah he's kind of gone back to his previous roles or similar types of roles and except in a funny humorous way like i'm too old for this <laughs> look at me it's self-parody on screen that's actually an excellent point and once one out of ten films might be funny but nine out of ten is kind of sad it makes you, you <laughs> yeah. don't you don't want to watch uh, you know old broken arnold because he's not he's not the type of actor that has a prolonged career that, it's not hugh jackman and logan you know he's not broken and terrifying he's broken and pity you pity him you yeah. pity him and you laugh at him and that's i think it's part you don't of laugh at him well because he's because he's laughing at himself yeah, exactly. And for him to be reduced to this self-parody, it's kind of sad because, look, Arnold was this big movie star. He can't pull off a dramatic role no. like a Hugh Jackman. No, no, no. He just can't. Well, I don't know. 
Kindergarten cop. <laughs> Pretty heart wrenching. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's not a tumor. It's not I believed it wasn't a tumor. I believed him when he said that. No. He convinced me. He convinced you. <laughs> well anyways, but uh James Cameron. So are there any negatives of James Cameron getting potentially involved? Does anyone think? Um, I, see, I see no negatives of having him step in with the franchise. Okay. Um, only if he is sit seated as the director. He is in the director's chair. He is I don't want to see another Terminator it. movie with him with his name thrown on it. As if he's in the chair directing it, then I'll get excited about mm-hmm. something. But if but, but if his hands are all over it. No, it doesn't it doesn't matter. He needs no, no. He's busy it making matter. Avatar. Yes, two, I okay. Two so six. there's my, there's my other two point. It's not going to be until 2025 when Avatar four or five comes out or whatever the hell it is. He's, we're not going to get another Terminator movie for another ten years if he's taken. It doesn't matter. So so he's going to have to reboot if if we do. Anything. Oh yeah, he's I not. Mean, yeah, Arnold's going to be Arnold's dead by done. then. We agree on. Apparently, that. Arnold is in this, but he says he said that about everything. It's yes. crazy. Yes. Where is he going to find the time to? And if, why? If, if what? a new Cameron Terminator film comes out before... Is he going to be Grandpop in this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just... It's crazy. It doesn't... I mean, how, why is... Why the fuck haven't we seen the second Avatar yet? When did the first Avatar come out? 2008? point, yeah. It what the hell? They've been talking about... They've been yeah, talking about these sequels for years. This is stupid. Well, Almost far, a decade now. As far as I know, it's, he's been trying to get glasses-free 3D working. Oh, and that's why. Interesting. I did not know that. Um, how, uh, how? He's going to give know. everybody cyborg implants? Uh, is that what the so. thing's going to be? Yeah. <laughs> All right, fine. I can get on board with that. So, finally, a 3D film you like. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I don't give a shit about but the Avatar. It, right? it permanently makes your vision dark. So. Oh, okay. Well, then, <laughs> fuck that. No, I'm out. I'm out. I'll, I'll pass up the chance to be half cyborg. I don't care. What do you guys think about stepping away entirely from... The John Connor, Sarah Connor story, and sticking with the Terminator universe, but moving somewhere else, either another spot in time, or maybe just going past that, pat into the future, and being in the future well, during the fight without John Connor. They, I mean, how else? How else? What other movie could they portray except in this post-apocalyptic future that didn't involve the Connors? How could you? What? How could you portray a modern-day film? without like right where where would that interaction then with cyber skynet right. come in yeah right? so it would have to be in the war and i'm fine i'm cool with that i mean that's what that's what was so cool about salvation is you saw oh wow this world's fucked up yeah and there's yeah, all these really cool terminators walking around and you can get your head blown off no like turning a corner if you're not careful so. yeah yeah no that's a good point i think i think the problem you have going away from John Connor is that you're going to have to create a surrogate character of some sort an anchor who's virtually going to replace the John Connor character you'll have another army lieutenant or leader or something because I don't think it's engaging enough to do a two hour movie with just having robots fighting people and not having some sort of human that's true there needs to be a hook yeah Yeah, and I think that's where the time travel in the previous films makes that's the hook um, I think something that would possibly work is having a film set before the war, but kind of fitting that horror genre again, like the original did, mm-hmm. and that the second yeah. did to an extent, but definitely delved more into action. Um, that would probably humanize the series again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, then what do you do without retreading? You have a Terminator chasing around a nuke 
people now. That's right? true. Right? Like, what yeah. do you do? But but what about horror films? I mean, really, you know, when you when they re- reboot a horror franchise, it's the same thing. Yeah, but it, that okay, but you can't. That's not an apples to apples no, thing, right? right? Yeah. Like that's when you redo when you do a horror movie, you know everybody in that's going to die except maybe one lucky person. But when you yeah. do Terminator movie, you know the Connors are going to survive. How can, how could they not? Well, I think what you could do is you could have. Um, you know, maybe a digital lookalike or something like that of Sarah Connor, use old footage, have a Terminator go back and actually knock her off. Kill her. And kill her yeah. in the first five minutes of the film. You see her in her little 1980s waitress thing serving coffee. Maybe she gets ice cream dumped in her pocket, like in Terminator 1. And then the windows just start blowing out. And someone, you know, a Terminator cool. with like, a submachine the Terminators just, win. just yeah. rips her up. Yeah, and you see the world go absolutely to shit and it takes it takes three movies to get out of it and i think what would be creative out of that is that in the traditional trilogy arc it's your second film that's the darkest you introduce the characters characters get in the worst possible spot third movie everything gets redeemed i say no i say you go absolutely dark in the first film and in a way kind of like dunkirk which we'll discuss in, in an upcoming podcast um in, in a way, what what happens is the movie itself becomes a hook because it's so dark and you're wondering how are humans going to crawl back. Hmm. So, anyways, that's just a random pitch. Yeah, that sounds cool. I mean, we could get into fleshing that out because I got some questions. But, <laughs> again, I, 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 I ask you then what, why? Okay, Sarah Connor gets killed and then what? Somebody Judgment else. Day happens? Yes, exactly. Okay, and then what? I think you would have to have... Robots, a, you see robots massacre, genociding the human race for an I hour and a so, half? Yeah, yeah. And I okay. think you basically get down to a very small group of survivors that somehow pull it out. You know, I'm against talking, Against what? Pull it out against what? They whip their dicks out and the robots no, run away scared. Like, pull what out? Against who? Against what? Against why? Virus or something oh, like Jesus. That. That's dumb. Well, what other way do you have? Well, then, you know what? I think we've settled on it. The answer is don't fucking do it, James Cameron. <laughs> Just leave this franchise the way you. This franchise. What can, what can you do that's a good new? Point. Leland brings up a good point. Is anything else in Terminator. Is there anywhere else it can go? That's necessary. Yeah, that, oh yeah, and, and yeah. I don't think there is. And I'm a Terminator fan. But yeah, I mean, I I want I I just want to see Robert Patrick walking around with metal arm, metal like swords for yes. hands and stabbing people. I don't know. I just. <laughs> well, you know, that's a bigger topic for discussion another time. We're getting so many unnecessary movies, and that's the yeah. best way of describing them: unnecessary sequels, unnecessary prequels. Oh yeah, that's that's like a becoming epidemic. That's like a move of the entire film industry. Maybe stepping away for ten years isn't a bad thing. Yeah, you know yeah, what? Totally. I maybe. Yeah, maybe. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know. But okay. So what was the difference between? T2 and T3, though. T2 was like mid-90s, was it not? Yeah. And T3 was early 2000s? Well, when I say step away, I don't mean step back and then lay a pile of dog shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just... I don't know. Is it necessary for us to continue on? Yeah, I think we're done. I think think we're we're done. done Well, I think the final word here, uh, if I can kind of summarize what we're all saying. All right, fine. uh, Okay. Speak for me. I'll speak for everyone here. Um, So I can't clearly do it myself. Fine, speak for yourself.
No, no, I have nothing. Oh. You you weren't being facetious. (laughs) Leland has nothing. This is going to be very rare for Leland to have nothing. Only on episode zero, folks. Can you hear Leland have nothing? I said my piece. I said my piece. Fucking Matt Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? Frankly, though. Can you just stop and count the mark? Oh. Sorry, he's, he's summing. We're summarizing. We gotta move on yeah, here. I'm trying to move on. In, su- in summary, what? Matt Smith was the most important part of the game. <laughs> he is the key, the linchpin. As you guys were discussing that, I was thinking, what character was that? <laughs> oh, oh, I shot through the heart in your two. I think we've, we've kind of come to the conclusion that we love the Terminator franchise. And even we would probably see every Terminator film. Oh no, yeah, till the end of time. Yeah, totally. Even if it's a geriatric Arnold Schwarzenegger fighting geriatric robots in wheelchairs, Actually, electric wheelchairs. That sounds, that sounds, that sounds very they don't have legs. It's just the bottom is a chair. Wow. Oh, now we're and they got like cool like all terrain tires, so yeah. they can go any. You can't get away from them. They can go no, anywhere. No, no. We we gotta have hunter killer. Jet engines on either side of the wheelchair. So okay. they're like a hunter killer. Okay. They can vector the thrust all around the battlefield. <laughs> you know what? You know, okay, I just had a thought. And I know we're trying to wrap up this segment, but I just had a thought of where the franchise can go now. Okay. Instead, okay, so these humanoid terminators, that's like that's not how things fought. Wars aren't fought on the ground anymore. Skynet would just be a bunch of fucking murder drones. Not bad. You could, and you could make it like maybe you could make it like Hitchcocky and like birds esque. As Skynet's got all these drones flying around. I don't know. That sounds stupid I, too. You know but wait, wait, wait. I, like, I get what you're saying. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, kind of makes it scary. They too. gotta push up. They got, if they. I mean, I know they're like. I guess in Genesis there was a lot of like cool tech. Obviously, I mean, you got time travel. That's you know futuristic tech. But you could argue that's just where the films have changed because the original coming out in the '80s. Um, we didn't have drones. Exactly. Right? So yeah, obviously yeah. the robots weren't thinking about that. Totally. Um, but now we have drones. So if, yeah. if Judgment Day happens in 2017. That could be an interesting twist. I mean, Genesis tried to do it with, um, they incorporated the, like the big AI. Skynet was this, this like Siri type AI, right? Yeah. Like that. So that was cool. That was a cool part. I mean, that's innovative, I guess. Move, you know, within this. Within so, the are franchise. you saying that Skynet would take over the Amazon drone? Oh yeah, it, it would be delivering bombs instead of packages. Right. I'd order, a, I'd order a board game, and they're like, "Man, that Leland Steele, um, we're we're taking him out. He's he's a he's a prominent figure within his industry. We're gonna blow him up." I would be expecting uh, human sympathizer. <laughs> human sympathizer. I was just boom. Jeff Bezos of Amazon would be an excellent villain. Why? Because he wants the whole world to be subjugated to Amazon. If you look up the guy, he does. He really wants, he wants you as a human being to rely on Amazon. And And, and I do. I do. I don't yet. I'm one of the final holdouts. Amazon Prime, baby. I know. You love your eBay. You love eBay. Yes. You're eBay all the way. Which is nothing bad. I like eBay too, but I use it for only certain things. What's ironic is I've started buying things off eBay, and they're simple, simply vendors who then buy it off Amazon. They mail me the Amazon straight to my oh really my mailbox. Uh, yeah, that's happened twice wow. now. Hey, um, you know what? You're keeping the middleman in business. There you go. So distribution. I, I can't be wrong. Well, okay. Anyways, right. we got it. There's no on. natural segue. <laughs> There's no natural segue. Leland, take. There's going to be some music. Time. So, okay. music yeah. here. Boom. Okay, well, um, I think the last thing we're going to talk about on the 
board game segment, which I tentatively titled Crazy for Cardboard. Again, I got some alliterations. I got a thing with alliterations. But I wanted to talk about this new game called Raxon. Um, listener, you may know what this is. But now we're not really going to get into any gameplay or anything. We're not going to review the game. But I, I just wanted to talk about um, the marketing side of this game because it's very, it's I think it's unique. Uh, I haven't seen anything similar, similarly done like this within um, the hobby. Um, so how how what it works is, um, it's very thematic. They're like doing like almost like what are those what are those uh, alternate augmented reality games kind of thing, like real world things where you look up clues and that shit, right? So to be able to even get into the game, you have to be invited, which they call recruited. So basically, if you have purchased the game, you have three recruits that you can then send to like you know send you have three other people you can recruit basically they would then get an email and what you're doing is you're recruiting them to sign up with raxon to fight this zombie plague that they may or may not be responsible for um so i don't know i just thought i thought it was interesting and i, I was very lucky enough to get uh to be recruited uh shout outs to uh bridge city board gamers you can Follow them on Twitter at BC Board Gamer. Um, yeah, they, they were nice enough to send me send me uh, uh, an invite, and I recently got the game and have played a couple played it a couple times solo. Um, but I don't know. I wanted to, uh, I was interested to hear Moby's thought on that on the marketing side. Yeah, on the marketing side, I've thought about this and I don't like it, and I'll tell you why. So it's great that they've targeted this core demographic of, you know, hardcore gamers that are enthusiastic and want to share. That's fine. But you can correct me if I'm wrong, Leland, in that this invitation is the only way to get the game. Is that correct? Or can you buy um, it off the website? I believe currently, yes, it is the okay. only way. I, I, thought, I think I've read talks of, you know, a future rollout to make it widely accessible, but I don't know about that for 100%. What? But yeah, I think currently you can only purchase this game if you are recruited. And that is dangerous. That is dangerous because what you're doing is you're for really no reason except that you think it's an original marketing idea blocking other potential people from buying your product. And I think there has to have been a back door. So maybe they've got a website you can get it. I don't mind the idea. Maybe there's a 10 or 20% discount or you get... Uh, you know, small expansion or something if you recruit people. But the idea that they cannot buy the game unless they're recruited, I don't like it. I think it nails your or narrows your sales funnel. Well, yeah, of course. And, and, yeah, but I think that's a major problem. We'll yeah, see. Yeah. Um, I mean, I so yeah, I, I agree with those points. I, and I have seen I have seen some backlash that a few people like on Twitter they don't like this. And actually, specifically. Um, Tom Vassell of the Dice Tower, in one of his segments, uh, Board Game Breakfast, like just recently this week, put up, uh, said his thoughts, and he he doesn't like it either. Essentially paraphrasing, he um, he thought it cultivated a form of like elitism, mm, you know, yes, kind of thing. Yes. Um, like I've got this and you don't, haha, or even like uh, a feeling of obligation to even like to like the game, whereas you're like, hey, yeah. get this. Come on, this is cool. You should get in on this this cool thing kind of thing, which I agree with. I I mean, they're valid points for sure. Well, you bring up an excellent point there that I didn't consider. In a way, okay, in a way, it has echoes of network marketing. 
um, those kind of schemes where, you know, hey, I've given you an invite, you know, I only have three of these, and say you're lukewarm about the game. Do you really want to give away those invites? Um, yeah. And do you feel bad if your friend doesn't want to buy the game? Yeah, you totally. know when you burn one of those you three this, invites? Yeah. Well, I look at it as... I look at it as, as actually being kind of inclusive. Hmm. Like, I, I felt pretty pretty good about being able to send some of my... I've, I've, I've sent all three of my, my uh, thing. I sent them, like, right away. Um, and I thought felt pretty cool when these people i'm sending them to were pretty excited to get it okay. that was cool but honestly like this ploy like it fish hook in the cheek and pull me right out of the water because you know i saw like all these twitter posting like hashtag rocks i'm like what the hell is this and then you look into it and you're like oh wow this is cool this is like thematic this is i like i want to be this is cool i want to be part of this this seems like this really cool like movement kind of thing and it got me it totally got me i instantly bought it and this is the the very very first time I have ever purchased any of my board games, my hundred plus in my collection, without fully researching it, watching play videos, basically knowing already how to play the video before I purchase it. I sight unseen, I clicked the buy button on this thing, so it worked for me. It fucking it got me, and I sent out. The, it's funny you only have to purchase the game to be able to send those recruits. You don't have to necessarily have gotten and, and bought it. So I sent those three recruits out, again, without me seeing the game, just people who are interested in it. Obviously, I mean, what? I don't feel ob- I don't feel any obligation to try to hype it to them. They know what it is. They know what they're getting into when I offer it to them. I just like, oh, it's like, hey, well, hey, buddy. Hey, by the way, I got this. You want to you wanna get in? Cool. You're just doing them a service. Here it is. I am on public service. <laughs> so I don't I don't know. I just, but yeah, no, it, it, it got me. It worked. And thankfully, I have played two or three solo games and I enjoy it. It's a, it works great as a solo. I mean, that can be, we can review it some other time when you guys have had a chance to play it if you want, but um, yeah, it, it worked on me. So my, my point is I'm not saying it can't work and it very well may be working, but it's, it's a high risk strategy. Anytime sure. you put up walls well, and purchases. So there's also a little further backstory. This isn't like out of the blue. Like this, this, this game and it's theming and what it's set in. This is like, there's been like, a, okay, so it's set in the world of this other game called Dead of Winter, put up by Plat Hat Games. Um, then there was a big, bo- a standalone expansion for Dead of Winter called The Longest Night or something or whatever. I don't have it, but, and in that, there was a module where you could go and raid the Raxon facility. And then the designer, I don't have, I, I don't know why I don't have the designer's name. Someone made this game. They, Partnered up with Plat Hat, set it in the world of Dead of Winter. So there's all that history. So there's all this history. So like, if you are familiar with those games, you hear the word name Raxon, you know what it's referring to. One, you most likely know the company. You know, like if you're in the hobby, you know Plat Hat games. They make great, great games. You guys have played a couple of them actually. Wait, which games? Uh, Spectre Ops. Okay. Oh, okay. You played. You guys have played that. That's a good one. Um, I don't think I played Dead of Winter with you guys. No. No. I don't know. So there's there's all that there's that you know to back them up. Like they've they've they've. I feel like they've set the groundwork to be able to do this ploy. And all I will say for a lot of people in the hobby, obviously I don't speak for all of you out there, but theme is important to a lot of gamers. And this drips the the marketing drips with theme. I don't know what the the actual game. It you know that's a different story. But this whole thing because you can you log into the site you can. 
you log uh, like field reports they call them it's basically you know game you're logging gameplays you can go into the site and get um custom scenarios you know like tons of playability with this game so i it seems really cool to me but i i hear and think all of the negatives to the site are completely valid it's just, yeah it's just uh i thought it was interesting to talk about as uh, someone with a little bit less experience well a lot less experience with a big game, a board gaming culture i definitely agree with you still about the theme um, that always pulls me in where whenever we try a new game <laughs> if it thematically is interesting even themed like something I know or is something something interesting. Uh, Shogun, the, that, that whole theme and how it sticks along like that uh, feudal Jap- Japanese mm-hmm. sort of thing and it, it makes sense logistically. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's like you feel like by the end of that game you're really having some sort of like feudal war. And, yeah, that's, that's a great game. And yeah, it's really fun. We should definitely play it later. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's huge. When the theme is good, when it looks good, and as you're saying, it has an online component and pulling people in, it's great. I do agree with Moby's point, though. Maybe they should have pushed it more as a, you know, let's spread it. You get some um, an ex- an expansion. Yeah, or, I actually see that. Could be something. Maybe even it sounds bad, but an elite version of the game or something along those lines. An yeah. option to expand. You've gotten a reward. Yeah. At, rather than just this is the only way to get it, but it doesn't sound like. It's well, that I mean, hard. doesn't that do the same thing though? True. Right. Like, oh, if I then you're even more obligated to send out recruitments, right? It's like mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I don't think I I w- I would not like to see this become a trend within the industry. Sure. Because, I, I mean, really, what other theming could this work as well with? Like, you you can't just you can't just make any old game and be like, you know what? You can only buy it if you get an invite, right? Like, yeah, you can't. This is, you it's can. just, it's spreading as a virus, all these recruitments, right? Like, that's that's the whole thing. I don't see how it could work with any other theme. No. It would be an even bigger risk for all the reasons that Moby was talking about. You're not going to get a Cards of Humanity expansion where we have to <laughs> recruit people to uh, write offensive <laughs> things or say offensive things. We randomly hand out cards saying you're a pussy. And, uh, <laughs> based off that, people... You get a very offensive email and you realize, yes, I can buy this. <laughs> you get like 15 of those per day in our junk folders. That's so. true. Yeah. I'm not going to buy Viagra. Stop sending me that email. <laughs> and I know you're a Gambian prince. I'm just not interested. <laughs> um, I don't know. That was kind of all of my thoughts I had on that. Yeah, you know, I think I think I've shared as, as much light as I can shed on this one as a marketing perspective. Marty, any final thoughts? No, I think I've gotten it all out there. It sounds like a fun game. Uh, I like I like the idea behind it. I just don't know if it's the right way to approach only yeah. being able to get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I yeah, I'm sure there it will become, you know, widely available or and in stores kind of thing, but I don't know, maybe not. But we're talking about it. Here we go. Everyone's talking about Everyone. it. Everyone's putting up pictures. Uh, our listeners listening about it. Our listener, yeah, our hash, hashtag Raxon listener. Hashtag Raxon. Get in on that. Cool. Okay, cool. right. um, so I think that wraps up episode zero. Okay. It does. Right? Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, that's episode zero. Uh, you can uh, reach us at ttp.com. Uh, we don't have that website yet, but one day we will. <laughs> uh, this, has been, this has been Marty with episode zero of the uh, t Hut podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> Let it that out. Uh, you know, this is Moby. I've been sitting on that for like half an hour. <laughs>
I'll just say Tally Ho. As soon as you start talking about board games. I was thinking. Oh, thanks. Nah, I'm just kidding. That was great. Uh, and I have been Leland. Um, I guess I'll self-promote myself. Is that going to be a thing? Yeah, go for it. Because, like, I... Uh, I have some written reviews up there. You can, if you're interested, like Shogun actually was the latest one I released. Thanks for that time, Mark. Yeah. Uh, you can go to, oh shit, what's the site? LelandSteelFiction.wordpress.com. <laughs> um, follow me on Twitter at T underscore HUD underscore Reppin. That's R-E-P-P-I-N. That's right, all capitals. Um, and, uh, you know, in case uh, we don't talk to you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs>